welcome everyone in to a new episode of the Transform Recruiting Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Owens, and I am excited to bring you today's guest. Excited might be an understatement uh, because if you're anywhere in the recruiting industry and you're somewhere close to LinkedIn, you've likely heard of Lauren Jones. So Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. Oh my gosh, I'm so tickled pink to be here. Thank you. I mean, thank come you on. so much, Brad. How many followers are you up to now just on LinkedIn alone? Oh my goodness. I try not to make it about followership, but we'll I think we're, we've, we've surpassed 40 K. I, I know that I yeah. did a big, big announcement saying thank you for, <laughs> to the 40 K. So, um, Unbelievable. but yeah, trying to be I love it. meaningful. <laughs> so tell me where all of this influence and, uh, information in your head comes from. Like what's your background? What have you been oh doing? Oh my gosh. I have, I grew up in staffing literally like fresh out of school. Um, my, my Mima, it was my grandmother. It was a good Southern woman. She Love raised it. me and, um, I was fresh out of school. I was a music, I was a professional musician, right? So during the nighttime, I'm musicianing, um, and doing all of those things. And I, I was like, yeah, it's probably not going to cut it from an income perspective. So, um, my Mima said, well, I was a Kelly girl. Why don't you be a Kelly girl? And so I, signed up for Kelly services and kind of the rest is history. You know, um, the, the industry sucked me in and I was hooked right away. Um, I loved the idea of learning something new every day. So I have a little bit of, you know, ADD just, I mean, I want to be busy. I want to be doing something. I want to be learning something. And I don't think that there's a day in this industry where I haven't been gifted um, some lesson uh, that, you know, um, can be impactful in your life. And, and uh, I mean, where else can you have one sales day and you are, helping uh, distribute wine, helping with um, uh, oncology machinery, uh, helping build a Tesla, and then helping distribute an iPhone. And that's just a regular sales day. I mean, you get to be a part of all of those little things. And it's just so cool. Yeah. And I had a similar experience when I started because my boss at that point had said, you know, you're going to get a mini MBA in like six months. Like, what are you talking about? And then I realized how much you have to know about all these industries and the people that you're recruiting. And if you're all over the place in some small niche, you get to know a lot about all of these different companies. So I'm yeah. with you. I was hooked. Yeah, I, I, I was hooked instantly. I, I loved the idea of being able to make an impact in my husband has always said, you know, I, I, I am a little bit envious um, that you help other people help their families. You know, it's yes. not philanthropic. We're for profit. We're a for profit industry, but there's something sure. really meaningful about being able to, you know, help someone uh, pivot in their career or do a career change altogether. Those are the most exciting challenges for me. Although I'm not a recruiter anymore, and that's where, you know, I, I started in the industry. You know, from the bottom up, worked my way all the way up, um, and my career took a pivot about a decade ago when I built my first tech stack for a large organ- enterprise organization, and from there I was absolutely hooked. Um, the idea that I could leverage technology to do more with less or the idea that I could leverage technology to, I've always been, I'm an empath. And so keeping my team super connected and, you know, everything really close was, and to leverage technology to do that, uh, that's where, you know, that's where I, I, I was hooked. Again. What a good space to be hooked when it comes to tech, because oh. like I, I know that you're going to feel the same way because I've already 
read some of the things you've been putting out there. But right now, I feel like it's a fantastic time to be any tech that's around this recruiting or talent industry space because everyone's starting to get hit with more and more of these pain points of, oh my gosh, onboarding, gosh, it takes freaking forever. Or filling out all this paperwork, man, it takes freaking forever. I can order a car from my phone, but I can't find a job and sign up for what I need and get all my background check stuff done remotely. Like, it's just a nightmare right now. So not to lead you down any path, but I'm curious to get your perspective on the, the industry as a whole, looking at these macro things that are happening to the industry. What are you seeing? I see really confused buyers and that that was the whole impetus behind impetus behind opening my firm is you know 2019 we have just over five billion dollars in, in VC funding going towards HR tech we've surpassed 17 billion dollars you know in that short short span of time and so when you think about the barrage of you know technology coming at business owners. They're just business owners. They simply want to grow their agencies. They simply want to create meaningful experiences for the candidates and clients with, you know, that they that they touch and to be confused um, by all of this information out there. And there's, you know, quote unquote, fake news, you know, out there as it pertains to technology, there's good and bad tech, there's tech that works well together, tech that doesn't. And so as a just a a business owner, you know, I I saw as a consumer three areas of opportunity. and, And that was part of why I opened my firm is as a consumer, I found it time consuming and frustrating and, um, not fulfilling, (laughs) you know, going through this buying process. And I was like, there's got to be a better way to shepherd uh, clients through this. And and that's exactly what we do is we, we help businesses and help owners. We shepherd them through this process and we help them understand from a true requirements perspective, as opposed to what shiny widget is out there. What do I think I need? uh, What is everybody else getting? Really determining what the business needs and then making an educated buying decision from there. And so, you know, starting in 2020, we did almost a demo a day. We continue. to do a wild number of demos um, to stay on top of the ever-changing HR tech market and staffing and recruiting tech market. Um, I wish they'd make them one and the same, but um, that's okay. <laughs> um, we'll get past that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was, I, I think that the market has shifted and changed and that so much tech is coming in. There's going to continue to be consolidation. So we're going to continue to see, you know, big firms, uh, not just from an agency perspective, but from a software perspective, we're going to continue to see consolidation on the agency side and on the software side. Um, I I think we're going to be left with like some primary players, uh, Salesforce being one of them uh, that are going to come out of the, you know, the other side. Um, with some major market share. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be through a combination of organic and, and, and consumed growth or acquired sure. so growth. This could be a fun thought process then. So let's take uh, your primary potential buyer. So let's think of a couple different demographics here. How big is this firm? You could do monetarily or butts and seats, like your, your, your choice. Oh, we are four strong. Um, so you, I started out a solopreneur. So I was sitting here with a headset on, you know, my first year, just 
banging it out. Um, my first year, I replaced my corporate income, signed my first million dollar deal and signed my first partnership. Our second year, we doubled revenue um, and uh, we, we doubled revenue. I started adding team members. So as we come into our third year, which will be March, you know, we're now um, going to be four members strong um, and uh, looking at uh, now we've been able to really get our pillars of strength down, which are build, change, adopt. We'll help you build your tech stack intelligently. We'll help you with business process change management so you don't take your old system and jam it into your new system and try and make it like your old system. And then we'll help you with you know, what I believe is the, the Achilles heel of all of this, and that is training and adoption. Because mm -hmm. there is hundreds of millions upon millions of dollars being spent on this, and yet um, very little usage. And okay. so, yeah, yeah, agreed. Therein lies so, the rub. Yeah, you're interfacing with all these different organizations then. So let's think about, uh, your ideal buyer. When you picture them, when you picture their firm, what's their size? Oh my goodness. So I get the question all the time and our ideal buyer is someone that has a technology problem regardless of their size and doesn't know how to solve for that. Mm -hmm. And so we've helped startups, we've helped mid-sized firms. It's probably where we have the majority of our uh, customers probably sit in that 20 million to hundred million dollar, $125 million window. That's probably the majority of our 22 customers that we have right now. Makes sense. Um, majority of the market. So it makes sense. yeah. And then, you know, we have some ancillary enterprise and then we have, I, I love a good startup. Um, they, you know, the energy it's, the energy is wild. The desire to, to be amazing is, is awesome. And so, you know, we love helping um, the, the staffing startup. Love that. So there are kind of two main questions that these buyers are likely going to be coming up with. They're, they're going to hit some sort of roadblock. They're going to hit some sort of pain point. But when you come in, what are you seeing as the answers to the two questions of why should they change and why mm. now? Mm. I think, you know, I was really surprised. I did a masterclass this, um, this, this fall and, um, you know, we went through what I believe is sort of the foundation of the whole thing, which is your mission, your vision, and your values. And you would be floored at, as to how many organizations are coming to the table, not having materialized any of that, not having put any thought or energy behind your mission, your vision, or your values. Why that's so important is because it really tells us you know, how you want each of these end users, what you want their experience to be like, and that therein helps influence, you know, what technology we're going to purchase. And so the agencies that aren't doing the work of, of that foundational type of thing uh, I, I are at a disadvantage. So, um, you know, when we're coming in, we really want to understand who you are and what you want what you want the world to experience when they engage with your brand, because that will influence technology, believe it or not. And um, so we do a four-part discovery. You know, we want to understand every every sort of nuance. And and while we won't understand every single nuance, you know, we really want to holistically understand how you want to influence the candidate experience and the client experience. And we want to know what's happening in your front office and your back office. Um, and then we want to understand where you want to go. Where do you envision yourself being? And then we simply bridge the gap. Um, and that whether that's through, and so we're a little bit different in that 
I believe that the answer isn't, or we believe the answer isn't always technology. Sometimes you have a really garbage process. We just have to rethink <laughs> what that might be. And, you know, throwing technology, throwing automation on top of an already crappy process is only going to make it crappier faster. <laughs> so, you know, there's this, there's this misperception, you know, for, on the buying side. And I think that's just because everything's coming at them that, oh, if I buy this, oh, well, it's going to fix my candidate problem. Well, it may make your candidate problem worse. We really have to determine if we have good processes. Uh, and so that's, that's really where we start is understanding who you want to be, where you want to go, and then what's happening today and what part piece of that you want to make better so that we can come in and you know, essentially do a gap analysis and determine process or technology. Which is perfect. And I can guarantee that you're finding a whole lot of process things where you're going, what? what? <laughs> you did. I'm sorry. What? Yes, we get a lot of that. There's a lot of incredulity in, in our initial calls. Yes, of course. There's so many. I mean, like you, in this position, it's amazing that I get to see behind the curtain of so many different organizations that are doing this. And the amount of times that I'm like, oh, there's just a spreadsheet at the end of that. Like right. everything is a spreadsheet. <laughs> Come on. Yes. Well, exactly. It's it's mystifying to me that, you know, you have these large agencies that are run with these, you know, big giant spreadsheets um, and, and nothing and nothing else. If there was one mm -hmm. tool I could remove from everybody, it would be Excel. <laughs> Just take it away. Ditto. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, let's actually maybe since there's a lot of people that might be listening that are like, oh, crap, I'm using one of those Excel sheets. Let's think about the why. In mm -hmm. my opinion, and I'll give you time to think about it. In my opinion, I feel like you have all of this data. We're not talking contact info. We're not talking salary info, whatever it might be. We're talking transaction data. We're talking forecast data. We're talking the ability to report on what your pipeline actually is and what it could be based on all the past information that you've got in your system. That is why I feel like it's super important for these firms that are dealing with these multiple transactions a day, an hour, potentially, to get that all in one system that can start doing something with that. You can start yeah. making predictions. We have all this amazing technology that can do something with that. It's not just a system of record. So yes. what do you think? I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think, you know, big data... Here's the good news is uh, I, I think my my uh, co-host Rob just put out a, a, a LinkedIn post you know, talking about this desire for more reporting, which means that agencies are looking at data now. That's fantastic. Right. Mm -hmm. Before they they maybe weren't looking at it or were making, you know, really good, intelligent hypotheses um, and educated guests. Um, and so we're seeing this desire for more reporting. That's a great first step. People want the data. Now it's what do you do with it? And that's, you know, being able to normalize the data in a way that's meaningful for each of your end users. And therein lies the hill that we have to climb. Yes. And, and, and so being able to normalize data for each person that's consuming it, that's why Excel spreadsheets don't work. And that's why you have so many of them, because each end user is creating it from their vantage point. And so having meaningful technology that will, again, allow you to normalize that for each end user is where the difference will be made. And that's where we'll be more proactive. You know, I look at um, functionalities. We're super users in, you know, Aviante, Loxo, uh, uh, 
Job Diva, Bullhorn, um, Tempworks. And we, we like all of, we are at truly agnostic Salesforce. Um, and uh, we want to be able to help them understand that your one source of truth is literally what you put in and then how you, how you get it out of there. And it, you, I love seeing these light bulb moments where people are like, okay, so the data that I put in right here is what's going to influence this report and how I look at it. And that's why what you're saying, you know, having, getting everybody in one system instead of, you know, my, my sort of uh, tagline is there is no transformation without integration. And the reason that I'm so passionate about that is when you have everything coming into one central nervous system, you have the opportunity to then take all of that data from every end user's vantage point and do something that's more proactive because up until this point in our industry, we are very reactive, always have been. Uh, so I'm hoping that, you know, these really cool analytics tools, uh, the, the barrage of them that we have have coming to the market are going to allow us. And I think, you know, Cube19 is doing it. Insight Squared did it. Uh, the data cloud in Salesforce does it. I mean, there's so much cool data to be able to use, but there's so much data that you can misuse. So mm-hmm. it's, it's understanding the difference. No, it's really true. And I, the big start to my whole, man, this industry could do a lot better was really getting a sense of that application black box where you you apply into something and you hear absolutely nothing. I used to hear that constantly. And this was back, what, early 2000s, really early when I started thinking about this. And I went, okay, wait, so I, as a candidate, I want to see this data. But I, as a recruiter, I don't really care about the, you know, the individual. I care about the macro, like where's everything? Where should I be focusing? Where should I put my time? As a leader, I care about where all my people are putting their time. As a client, I'm going to care about how many are in the pipeline. Who do you have next? How many can I see next week? I completely agree that there's a lot of people that need a lot of different things, but it all comes from the same source of data. It's just how it's interpreted for that different person. So I agree with you. There comes this problem, though, next on people's mind. They go, okay, great. I need everything in this one system. I've got people that have been working this one particular way for years. Hmm. But you mentioned earlier on in in our discussion that change management is likely one of the big things that you have to go through. What's kind of that first step to get everyone on board to say, this is where we're going to be working from? I have this template for our change management, and it all starts with the town hall. And, you know, I have businesses that are like, I've already had a town hall. We already asked them. We already did this thing. And I'm like, no, let's have a true town hall where we're really, really listening to people. And we're, we're asking one simple question from everybody's vantage point. What's in your way? That's it. That's our town hall question. What's in your way? And then we're going to take all of that information, even if you've already chosen what technology you're going to buy. I would just encourage you to have this town hall as an exercise. Hearts and minds. (sighs) If people feel like they're part of the solution, Psychology 101 says, I'm going to be more excited about it because it's my idea. (laughs) And so have the town hall. Yes, it may be time consuming. Yes, it may take them out of revenue generating activity for an hour, but you're going to be okay and you'll be much better off if you have the attitude adjustment in the beginning, you know, in the going the positive way, meaning I'm excited about this because I got to vocalize or say my concerns and then the company did something on my behalf. Whether or not that end user agrees with what the 
technology is, they're going to be excited that you're doing something about what they said. And so every change management exercise starts with this town hall discussion. And then we, we have, we like the lead time of eight weeks. It gives us four weeks. Um, and, um, I give, I give Matt credit for this all the time. Matt Fisher is a CTO from, uh, from, from Bullhorn and he said at Giggy two years ago, he said, digital marketing is a core competency, will be the difference maker for businesses. And I'll take that one step further further and say digital marketing as a core competency internally and externally. Because if you do it really well internally, remembering that your recruiters and your salespeople and your managers are, are consumers and consume information the way that they do externally, you're going to be 10 steps ahead of the next guy who's just push pumping out information saying this is when it's changing login here's your new logins you know and doing all the ivory tower stuff you're engaging them you're collectively saying we heard you and we want to do something about it and we have eight weeks to campaign and get them excited about what's coming and then we have four weeks to train your you know your change champions or sm your smees or what you know whatever you want to call them and then go a go live a fun go live where we have you know hooting and hollering and excitement about all of the new things to come and and there's a lot to be said for internal marketing uh combined with change management yeah i'm glad that you said the internal marketing piece as well as external because that's i agree with you i have seen two or three different large scale changes that unfortunately were seen as more of a lift and replace, which, you know, maybe not just taking your problems from one system and moving them to another doesn't really solve your problem. Um, and I've seen a lot of those as a, well, we'll just take the process as we have it and then we'll switch it once we get in there. But you're losing the fundamental value of this new piece of whatever technology that you're getting into if you approach it that way. So. Yeah, I agree with you. And it, and it sometimes does take a external perspective. It takes a, if you don't mind, I, I might have a suggestion to offer here. So those that are able to go into this process, what's that fam famous thing that with the beginner's mind, that's probably one of the biggest pieces of advice to those listening, go into this with a beginner's mind. It, there's a lot that has changed to your point at the very beginning of this conversation. It's changing incredibly quickly there are people yeah. that can help. Yeah. I have a ton of empathy for our staffing agency business owners. I, I, I really do. And I think that's why we're so passionate about helping them is because, you know, I, I, without additional resources, I don't know that I, you know, if I'm coming in as just a business owner. Um, I probably have a different type of degree. I probably have a different type of experience and building an overarching tech stack probably isn't among the things that, you know, I count as my skill set, uh, amongst my skill set. So I, you know, calling in the experts, and this is what we coach smaller agencies on is, is knowing what you can outsource and knowing what you can't. And this is one of those things that you can't. Yep. And let's set this passion free. Then if people want more information, they, they like what they hear, they want to come find you, where should they go? Go to LinkedIn, of course. I am go. the go I am the goat leader on on LinkedIn. You see the little goat by my name. Um, that that's where it all started is with my blog, Goat Leadership, and and that was you know kind of first post that went viral was everything I learned in business I learned from goats. Um, <laughs> uh, which you know for an introvert uh, it was kind of funny, but uh, yeah. So that's that's the, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can find us at www.leapconsulting.com or lauren at leapconsulting.com. But the point is, just find me. 
step. Well, I'll make sure to point everyone in that direction. And thank you so much for taking time out. Uh, for those of you listening, if you want to hear some more perspectives on what's going on in the industry, transformrecruiting.com is where you want to go. If you've got any questions for me, it's hello at bratowens.com. Thank you so much again to Lauren for coming out and, and spending just a couple of minutes with us. And uh, I hope to see you all on the next episode. See ya. Thanks so much.